I'm glad to be here this morning. And uh, God's been showing me a lot of things lately. And the uh, main thing that He's put on my heart is to change, to really understand what it means to follow Him and to start progressing towards being the person that He made me to be. And I got a long ways to go. <laughs> but that's good because that's what that's why he gave us a system and he, uh, and a way to do this and uh and so i've 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 made a list of what i feel are the ways that, and the things we need to realize as men in order to change each process that we need to get and i feel like everybody here is probably somewhere on there you have to be somewhere on this path in your in your life and on your way to change and uh, and so let's dive right in. I, I called the the title of this message is "In Me a New Heart," or I mean, in, I'm sorry, "In Me a Clean Heart," and uh, it's it's based off of David and his. I think one of the most powerful prayers you can pray is creating me a clean heart and installing me a new spirit, like David prayed. He prayed that at a point of breaking, but. Um, I think that's where we need to start. So let's start right right there. I think the first thing that we have to realize as men is we have to realize we're broken. The first step is realizing that we're broken. We're broken. Genesis 6, 5. The Lord saw that wick, the weakness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the, the and thought of his heart was only evil continually. Romans 8, 7, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Ezekiel twenty eleven, I gave them my statutes and informed them of my ordinances by which if a man observes them, he will live. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. That's Romans 3, 10. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see where this is going? We're broken. We start off in life broken. And that's, that's where we have to realize. And I, the more I've been around, I've realized a lot of guys don't understand that we're broken. They, they think that I'm just going through life. I can, I can get through this. I can do it. So the important thing is to realize before anything else, we're broken. That's one thing I had to realize. I had to realize that I was broken as a person. The next step that this should lead you to is brokenness. There's a big difference between just being this worldly broken person and actually being having brokenness in your heart, understanding the, the ramifications of what being broken means in a fallen world. We need to be brought to a place of brokenness. Psalm 5.4, for you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells with you. Romans 5.12, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and so death, uh, death spread to all men because all have sinned. Isaiah 53.6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, 
and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 59.2, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear. So one thing I realized was the ramifications of being broken and the separation that it creates between me and God and just exactly what that means. It's, it's, uh, it's <laughs> whenever you get to that place, and a lot of us have it with moral failures, a lot of different things in our life, catastrophes, things that we didn't expect to happen. We get to a place of brokenness. And that's the same type of brokenness I'm talking about. We get to a place where we figure out we can't do this on our own. I'm not going to be good enough. I'm never going to make it. You know, I'm never going to be able to fix myself. I need somebody else. And, uh, you know, I think in, in just in life in general, we have to realize that we're never going to be close to anybody, spiritually, God or others, if we're broken. We're never going to be able to accomplish the goals we want to accomplish in life. We're never going to be able to get that satisfaction of a, way, a race well run. We're going to have to be fixed, and we can't do it ourselves. One thing that uh, one thing that I've learned is is that this only comes from a path that God lays out, the path to being fixed. So one thing that uh, God has showed me through the scriptures is that is kind of how that happens. Then. Uh, 2 Samuel 12, 13, A. Then David said to Nathanael, I have sinned against the Lord. He broke down. In this state of brokenness, it brought him to a point where he broke down. Luke 7, 38, And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began uh, to wet his feet with her tears and to wipe them with her hair of her head. And kissing his feet, and anointing them with perfume. We remember that woman that was broken when she came to Christ. Luke 7, 6b through 7. Lord, do not trouble yourself further, for I am not worthy for you to come to, uh, under my roof. For this reason, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Remember the man that Jesus, the centurion that Jesus said had such great faith? How did he come to Jesus? He didn't come through pride or trying to fix anything himself. He was broken. I'm not even worthy enough. I'm not worthy enough to come before you. I just, the reason I sent my servants out to ask, and this one, he didn't even ask. He didn't even, he didn't even come himself. This is, a lot of times we look at this and read it as if it, he, him saying it. He sent his servants to Jesus. He didn't even meet him. Luke seven forty seven. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he is for, who is forgiven little, loves little. 
you know, one of my things I like to say is, is, uh, it's not the healthy, or it's not those who think they're healthy that go to a doctor. It's those who think they're sick. Jesus phrased it similar to that. And, you know, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. But I think that's what he's kind of getting at. He's getting at this idea that if you think you're already righteous, if you think you got this, if you think you can do it on your own, you're not going to come to Jesus. You're not going to you're not going to realize that you need him. Proverbs 28:13 Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. I think this brings us to the the what I see is the third thing, which is this should bring you to confession. Confession is the point at which there's a turning point. You've been broken. You realize you can't do it yourself. And you you fall at God's mercy and you and you lay it out there. God, here's what's here's what I've done. Here's what's happened. This is who I am. You know, we should all have the those prayers. God, I am a, you know, like Isaiah. God, I'm a man of unclean lips and a people of unclean lips. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You know, for us men, it could look at any any other way that you want to say it. God, <laughs> God, I lust. I speak terrible things. I do terrible things. I think terrible things. I've fallen. I'm a fallen man. This is the this is what I've done. It brings us to a place of open and honesty with God, and this is where God meets us. This is this is where it happens. If you don't get to that point. If you don't realize you're broken, you don't get brought to a place of brokenness. You don't get open and honest with Christ. You don't. You're not broken. If you still think you can do it yourself, there's no reason to confess your sins. If you think you can fix yourself, there's no reason to confess. Confession is the result of understanding, I cannot do it myself. True brokenness shows the faith and understanding of who God is and who we are and demonstrates our belief. When we realize that the weight of our sin on us cannot be handled or moved by us, we are not worthy enough to even budget, and we come before Christ understanding that the weight and the place we are uh, has brought us to to confession. Confession is being open and honest with God and others about our current state of our heart. Admitting those things that we have struggled with uh, and our broken relationship with God through our sin. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, decisions, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. These are what I've, I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, you pick out something on that list. That didn't leave anybody out. You know, we're all at some place. How many of those things do you have in your life right now? 
You know, what, which ones of those are yours? Which ones of those have you owned? Which ones of those are you trying to fix? You know, I'll admit there's a few on there that I think I probably struggle with. I know it. These are the places where we need to come to brokenness in these areas. You got an anger problem. You ain't going to fix that yourself. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> you have strife at home. Not going to fix that one yourself. Jealousy, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. There ain't, there's nothing on the list you're going to fix yourself. And there's nothing on the list that's going to be fixed unless you come to a place of brokenness. You have to find those areas in your life that you struggle with these things, and then you have to sit and ponder on them and realize the gravity of what this ends up being if you play this out on your own without Christ. You play these things out on your own without Christ, it's going to end up with death, destruction. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pretty serious stuff. This should bring us, the realization of what that means should bring us to a place of brokenness. We have ongoing sin in our life. We need to find, find a way to brokenness so that we can find our way to confession. You know the ways that you have sinned against God. Your brokenness must bring you to confession. The sorrow and the realization of the helpless state of your heart must bring you to a tell-all honesty moment. If you are too ashamed of a sin to confess it, then you are most certainly holding it back, that part of your life, and are stating that you can deal with it on your own. This means that you have not experienced brokenness in that area and are bound to replay and repeat it. When it comes to Jesus, we can approach him in two different ways. Broken at his feet in worship, or we can have him over for dinner to show him how hard we're working. I think a lot of us like to be a Martha when it comes to our sin. Man, God, I went a whole week. I went a whole month. Whatever sin I'm working on, I'm working so hard on this sucker. Are you proud of me? Are you proud of me? <laughs> we really look at it that way, I think, a lot of times. Our desire for change must be greater than our desire to manage sin. We only have one tool we can use to gain this salvation and be forgiven, and that is confession. Bringing sin to light and out of the dark. If you want fellowship with Christ, either through His Spirit or with His body of believers, that's the only way you can get it. It's by walking in and bringing to light. Uh, bringing your life to light. Matthew 9.13, But go and learn what it means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. I look at that as, I didn't come to call those that think they're righteous, but the sinners. Those who know that they can't do it on their own. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 
on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, I did dot, I did, uh, we did, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and, and many mighty works in your name. And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Fearfully bringing your sin to light at the feet of Jesus is the only way to move on to the next step. The next step is repentance. Repentance in the Bible means a change our mind. Many times we think that this means changing our minds from wanting sin to not wanting sin. This sounds simple enough, but is that what repentance is? Is that what it really is? Luke 15, 7, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not repent. James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Joel 2, 13, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. To change our mind means to change what it's focused on. If you change your focus, the focus of your mind, from sinning to not sinning, then it is still focused on sin and not God. How many of us have done that? Man, I'm gonna, I'm changing my focus. I'm not gonna focus on that. I'm gonna really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really focus hard on not sinning. I'm gonna really focus hard on my willpower. (laughs) True repentance is changing how our mind deals with our sin problem. Remember, the reason we confess is because we can't deal with it on our own. Changing our minds focus off of stopping sin and on to Christ and his will for our lives is true repentance. Don't focus on sin so much. Focus on Christ. That's what repentance is. It's changing what, the way that you think that you get to heaven. Changing the focus of what you're focused on. Like Curtis has said, I think a few times, you know, Stopping sin is easy. Just die. (laughs) Dead people don't sin. You know, if that's all it is, if that's all we're trying to get to, and it's not, it's not. I was focused on my stopping my sin for years, and I'd had, I'd have prolonged periods of success, and I felt good. And then when I messed up, where was I again? Right back at shame, guilt, relational destruction. It just stopping sin doesn't really get us anywhere. We need to repent. We need to be to the place where we are willing to confess our sins out of an open and honest heart and then repent and change the focus of our lives and focus on Christ. That takes a lot of work takes a lot of work. You don't get it 
by not doing a quiet time. You don't get it by listening to terrible secular music. You don't get it by doing a lot of things that we like to do. You don't get it by being lazy. True repentance involves focusing your life differently than you've done before, focusing it on Christ. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. It wasn't until I changed my mind and my focus of my mind away from fighting on sin, fighting with sin, toward pursuing God, that I felt a heart change. When I changed my mind from my sin to God, He gave me a new heart and removed the old one. The new heart doesn't focus on sin, only on Jesus and His will for my life. I'll be the first to say I sin plenty. But that's not where I'm moving to. I'm moving to Christ. I'm focusing on Him. And I've noticed dramatic changes. I struggled with different sins for years, decades. As soon as I started focusing on Christ, done. Not a problem. Take the, t- take the quiet time. Take the work. Put in the work. You don't think about sin anymore if you're not focused on it. Ezekiel 36, 26. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. A hard heart is one that thinks it can do it on its own that tries on its own, that fails on its own. That's a hard heart. The Pharisees weren't any different than anyone else as far as sin went. They just thought they could deal with it. They didn't need Jesus. That's a hard heart. That's a heart of stone. That's the heart we're born with. We need the heart of flesh put back in there. One God can mold. He can can speak to. He can move. Jeremiah 24, 7. I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God. For they will return to me with their whole heart. If you you find that your Christian walk consists of fighting sin in some area of your life, and the focus of your spiritual work is more on your sin than on God's kingdom. Or maybe the flip side, you're running around doing all kinds of spiritual things with ongoing sin in your life. You may be operating from a broken heart, a heart of stone. It works both ways. We all know it. How many pastors are running around doing great things and having affairs or dealing with pornography? Or or how many of us Look at our spiritual lives as just working on our sin. I'm doing good in my spiritual life. I've stopped sinning this month. 
Does it kind of put it in perspective? Well, I want to kind of wrap this up, but I want to read Psalm 51, 10 through 17, which is kind of what this message is based around. It's David. And this is after, after his calamity with his sin of Bathsheba. And he, after he was broken, and he confesses his sin before the prophet and before God. And then he prays this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation." Then my tongue will joyfully sing your your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth might declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. David pretty well lays it out there. That's David's salvation prayer right there. He lays it out. That's what we should ask God for. That's the place where we need to come from. We need to be broken. We need to realize and be to, uh, come to a place of brokenness. We need to confess those areas of our life or we'll never get past them. And then we need to repent and turn the focus of our life towards Christ and away from from our own righteousness and fighting with sin.